Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. Well, this week I actually took a little vacation, um, trying to get away from the world for a couple days. We hit Palm Springs and it was hot as balls out there, but we had a pool and we had some AC, so it was heaven. Um, just thoroughly enjoyed um, disconnecting for a couple days, and if you get an opportunity to do that, I really think you should. I mean, besides this podcast, you should probably still listen to this. This is mellow. This is like, this will, you know, this will chill you out. Um, I hope you're well. I hope that, um, I hope that everyone's making sure that they're registered to vote by mail. Because that might be a little important. I don't know what the date is, the deadline for California. But, um, yeah, if you want to register, if you want to vote by mail, you better make sure that that's happening. Um, so, in this week, I didn't watch that much TV. And then after I list this list of things that I've watched, you'll be like, what do you mean you didn't watch much TV? Um, I started Castle Rock on Hulu. I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm not a huge Stephen King fan, but I'm enough of a fan to appreciate the series. It's pretty good. I mean, they've intertwined like 20 of his novels and John Locke is in it. I love that guy. And Hugh. I hope you know who John Locke is, because that was a good little gem I just gave you. Um, I'm only in three episodes, but the design is good. It's small town Maine. Well, it's Castle Rock, <laughs> Maine, actually. But um, there's a lot of flashbacks, and I feel like the design is done really well. Um, so I'm, I'm into it. I watched a bunch of films prepping for an interview that I have later in this week. Um, I'm going to give you a little hint. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to give you a little hint. I'll give you two. I'm going to give you two hints. I'll give you lines from films that this production designer has done. And uh, maybe you can guess it by that. But um, the first one is, uh, I'll have what she's having. And the second one is, always be closing. Now, you got to get one of those. Those were pretty easy. Those were pretty easy but um, plenty of great watching um, trying to prep for this interview. So did a did a bunch of movies. I also have one episode left of the Netflix series, Somebody Better Feed Phil. I, I really like the first two seasons. Phil Rosenthal is the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, and he's really funny, and he has these great facial expressions when he eats. Um, but some, but I mean, I, I like the show. Um, in season three, it's a little like, uh, but, um, I did use some of his suggestions when we went to Paris. So I got to say he has good places. He has good recommendations, um, on his show, but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like the food shows and the like eating, watching people eat shows might be over. I think we're over that. I think we're done. 
This, with everything happening, watching people eat right now, I think I, I think we've had enough. But that's just that's just my bad prediction. On this episode, I speak with set decorator Brandy Kalish. I don't remember how we met. Uh, I think it was an SDSA meeting. But man, is she super cool. She's so laid back and she's like stylish. And she really has talent for decorating. Um, I didn't know how she started in this business till this interview. And man, hell of a story there. Wait till you hear that. Um, Brandy was brave enough to take on... um, HBO Silicon Valley in season five and into these massive sets for five and six. So we get into how she has a mentor and production designer, Michael Whetstone, and um, which is cool. I mean, and appreciated, I would say. Um, she talks in depth about the massive sets for Silicon Valley, balancing a budget with product placement helping along. Also, we dive into her decorating decisions on the popular show Netflix's Dead to Me, which I told you to watch season two to prep for this. I hope you did your homework. And we share our thoughts on working day to day in this pandemic and how we think it's going to be. Now listen, in her spare time, Brandy just opened up a prop house. I mean, that's no small feat. She opened up the the prop house Studio Arts in downtown LA, which focuses on rental of contemporary art. I looked at the website and gorgeous pieces beautiful framing you got to check it out i've already opened my account so get on it i should say my apologies the gardener i don't know spent five minutes right outside of my window um, while we were doing this and my neighbor's car once again revs up so um i edited out as much as i could There's this weird little thing with um, Brandy's voice that gets a little, um, speeds up once or twice, but um, you won't even notice. I shouldn't even have said anything. I hope you enjoy. Maybe I don't uh, ask how we all got into this. I yeah. Mean, I, I mean, we talk about it sometimes. Like, oh, like like Susan Eschelbach, she's like, oh, I used to be a dancer. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where did you, yeah, how did you dance? It's yeah, like, she was like a ballerina decorate. or something, like, miraculous. And I was like, what? Like, that's fascinating. Or, you know, there's there's other people who went to school for it. There's people who just fell into it. There's people who just followed a passion. So... I feel like I always yeah. like to hear, and I think to people, if, if someone's listening to this and thinking, how do I get into this? What what tools do I need? Do I need this? I think it's a good background because everybody's story is different. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. And, you know, so does the podcast start now? How do yeah. we do it? Or do you edit it? Okay, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, what do I, what's off the record? What's on the record? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of people that don't know that the positions that the creator exists. And that's yeah. Yeah. weird to me. I personally did not know about it until I think I was 21 years old. And the way that I got into the business is basically I was dating someone who worked for the band Corn. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> they it, it flew me to New York 
and the they were doing rehearsals for like a live radio show and basically um it was at the apollo theater so two days before the show the manager of the band was like hey you're in art school like you're available we need the stage to look like a gothic cathedral here's two phone books go to p for prop house here's a phone here's a credit card with one hundred thirty thousand dollars on it there's a limo out back go to all these prop houses and figure it out so basically um you know, I went to these prop houses in New York. I did have some guidance, like they had said, you know, um, we want Persian rugs on the stage and maybe get some chandeliers, whatever. So I, you know, picked all, all this stuff out and, you know, just made it look the way I thought it would be like, I got like a church kneeler and stuff like that. And it just turned out really good. And then the manager of the band, he said, hey, I know someone in L.A. named Michael Whetstone. Why don't, you know, if you're moving to L.A., I'll hook you up with him. So that kind of led to me apprenticing for him. Did you spend Eventually. all the money? <laughs> I can't remember if I spent all the money or not, but don't I know leave any money on the table. The chandeliers were super expensive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a big budget for your first out, man. I know it was it was really crazy. Um, That's awesome. Well, obviously yeah, you have cool. a obviously you had a talent for it. You nailed it. It it worked. And then even even if that guy said, "Hey, here's somebody," and you know, I'm going to give him your name and help you out, you still have to have the talent and like the know how. Like you know what I mean? People just don't yeah. hire dipshits. Well, some people do, but <laughs> you can't get away with not having some sort of talent and or drive in our position yeah it was it was crazy because then I moved here to LA and then I started working for Michael Whetstone so then he was doing like stage design and, and stuff for like Limp Bizkit and Backstreet Boys and so basically I learned from him and eventually that grew into you know like the stage design grew into music videos, the music videos grew into commercials, and then that's how I got in uni when I was like 24, 25 years old. You started doing out car production, commercials and stuff like that. You started so out production really designing, cool. right? Um, well, I started out, you know, obviously like art peeing for Whetstone. Mm-hmm. And then, but that was pre the union stuff. And then, because a lot of the, you know, stage design stuff that we did that would turn into um the music videos and like for instance like the Hughes brothers would do the corn music video and then we would do that and then the Hughes brothers would be like hey we're doing an Adidas commercial or we're doing a Sprite commercial right and then we would do that and then you know Whetstone basically trained me to be a set decorator that's awesome so, that's such yeah, a niche it was really cool it's such wait a, say that again it's such a niche of like our our world and it's a lot of people don't like crossover then to tv or a lot of like once a lot of people are like commercial decorators and they stay that or that you know they stay in that course yeah whetstone was really progressive i mean he eventually ended up doing new girl and he's a mentor of mine and i'm so grateful for him like you know he was just really smart he'd be like here's the Tashin thousand chairs book um memorize the whole book Randy. <laughs> and then i will flashcard you 
of what certain oh pieces God. of furniture were. <laughs> yeah, he still does it today when I see him or work with him. It's really funny. But so I memorized the whole book. And then every time we, you know, were doing something, he'd point out like a Noguchi table and be like, who made that? Or like a Herman Miller, you know, Eames chair or whatever. What year is that? Whatever. So I learned from him. And, you know, we did a ton of stage stuff prior to that. Like, and I really got to learn like props and art direction and set decoration and production design. And the production design credits that I have on my IMDb, it's it's kind of funny. And I, I tell people this, like some of that's like from Funny or Dot or you know smaller things but realistically like I was just the set decorator and Mm -hmm. occasionally would have to build some walls or put in a door or do some sort of facade but the credit was production designer but really it was me and like a crew of three people (laughs) you know what I mean like doing everything like I was pretty I was the on-set dresser too you know so um those credits are for that like you know some of those projects where everybody is just kind of doing everything and I happen to be the person that's in charge would you would you want to would you want to design Honestly, a lot of people have asked me that. And at one point I had enough hours to be in local 800 and I deeply thought about it, but you know, it's so, I I could do it. I believe I could do it. Um, But my passion is so deeply based in furniture and decor and lighting and textiles that I just know that my true calling is being a set decorator. So, you know, it's something that I've really like for the past 20 years of just like honed that skill. And so, you know, I have a lot of respect for production designers that, you know, have just really been so wonderful Mm -hmm. to me. You know, it's like I look at them and be like, okay, you know, you trust me to make all these decor decisions and I'm filling the space, this beautiful architectural space that you're designing, you know, it's, I, I certainly prefer the decorator position, you know, so, I but yeah, it was, you know, it was really magical, the process, and, you know, I'm just so grateful to learn from Whetstone Design, you know, there's a bunch of great yeah. guys that work there, like Adam Davis, he's a art director, production designer, he did Hunger games like he was one of the first people there he inspired me to take um the ucla extension classes on production design and art direction i i did all those when i was younger he gave me his books from architectural school i studied them um marco he's a set designer um you know steve redmond turned into a uh, director you know whetstone obviously is still a production designer so uh patrick parker you, you had your own all little like were at whetstone design you had your own little like bauhaus there of like <laughs> it was yeah it was and i was the only girl and Even i better. got like coffee for them and i would run to hennessy and ingles for uh, them and get all the books I and then hennessy. they slowly rose me up into this decorator position and like i said got helped me get into the union i gotta so. i gotta say when i look at your work one of the things that I, I get jealous about is how well you select furniture that complements each other. Whether, Thank you. Whether it, it contrasts in color or the shapes and everything. I, I feel like when I look at your work, especially like Silicon Valley, um, 
it just all has such a cohesiveness that you you've you've gotten in there it's just really beautiful work that you have really thank you i you know silicon valley is doing season five and I mean, Rich is just such an incredible, uh, amazing production designer in person. And and he really pushed me to take the not safe choice, like Mm. when set decorating. I mean, I already kind of was like, okay, this is the piece that I'm feeling. And, you know, sure, I could choose the, the more safer option. But Rich was like, no, like open the floodgates, like do always the unsafe choice. And it's gotten to the point now where like now that is part of my, you know, look like always choose the unsafe choice and people react to it and it creates more of a dynamic set. So that is something that, you know, like if something's really bright in color, don't be afraid of it, you know? And obviously there's times to tone back, like there's requests, you know, like when we're doing our mood boards or reading the script or the look of, you know, the show, like where you're like, okay, this has to be more toned back and then, you know, more demure or whatever. But with Silicon Valley, it was so fun because the colors, it was just off the chart, you know, and we went up to San Francisco before season five and we toured Dropbox and Lyft and all these amazing companies from like little startups to like the biggest place, you know, where they just have endless money for for decor to do their offices and Mm. got inspiration and they really really made bold choices and the other thing that they did is they went out of their way to find artists to custom make pieces for Mm. their tech offices so it was that was something that I, I worked really hard to do on Silicon Valley is to reach out to these Palo Alto artists or LA artists or New York artists and actually have them make pieces for the set if furniture pieces or art pieces both Both. um yeah for silicon valley season six that was i mean the pied piper in season six was you know aside from rust fest the biggest set i've ever done oh my god it's gigantic like it's gigantic gigantic i mean when we first walked in there we were like oh my god like there's four conference rooms multiple multiple offices uh richard Hendricks, hero ceo office you know i think there was 260 desks in the bullpen area a second floor a third floor with outdoor space um you know it was four kitchens one massive cafeteria i love like those a lights. game room tech a a I love those so, lights that you have hanging uh, in that cafeteria area, like that language oh, the, that it sets up is really beautiful. Yeah, those. So we saw those in a tech office in Marina Del Rey because we, you know, by the time we did season six, Silicon Beach was here, obviously in full full swing and so we didn't go up to san francisco to do research because there's so many huge tech offices here and i had seen those in one of the tech offices in silicon beach so we found them and they're from italy and we ordered them and they're an example of like allocating a certain amount of budget 
towards something really special that right. everyone's going to love and it's going to be dynamic. The DP, et cetera, will, you know, be pleased with the light as well. And it'll look good on camera. So we allocated a certain amount of budget just for those lights. Yeah, you know, it really it's defined, like a throttle yeah, it really forward for something space. like that, throttle back for other things, yeah. you know. The, the defining of that space is really nice because of the lights, I feel like. I mean, the the banquette and everything that's built is, is nice, but I the, the lights really stand out. Really yeah, they, they're, they're really interesting. And, you know, we had to... You know, nobody ever thinks about that. It's so much more than just hanging lights. Obviously, it's like no, getting all those to, like, to stay. Like I'm assuming they would like move. Yeah, they they did, <laughs> but it wasn't easy. Yeah, because they had this weird string contraption in order to like lift them, and we had to use a lot of pipe strut and you know have the electricity come down with like conduit and have it look really streamlined yeah. from above as well. So right. when they shot down onto the bullpen, it didn't just look like a big mess of white. Did you, just, you know, so did you get a lot of uh, product placement help? I mean, it's yes. HBO, which is always yeah. nice because you don't have to really deal as you would on, um, you know, network TV. It, it, HBO gives you a little leeway with showing products and everything. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I love about HBO and Netflix. Yeah, um, it's great. You know, the whole, like, just that it, it frees us as artists, as decorators, to really, like, push and make the story, like, as real as possible. Um, yeah, I, I, I got wonderful product placement um, from a person named Travis Peters, who he, you know, really helped me and worked with the studio to make sure everything was cleared but also like you know they're very cool about it and there's a process obviously uh, no matter what but he really helped you know like and other companies as well obviously um you know bring in pop in furniture mm. bring in uh you know the veridasks was a perfect example you know we had been working with them for years and they you know gave us product placement for those desks mm-hmm. and you know just uh, even down to like some of the food items like i went to air one and took a bunch of photos because you know, in the tech kitchens in Palo Alto and in Silicon Valley, they eat super healthy and they yeah. eat really unique snacks, yeah. you know, like they're not like just eating Cheetos, yeah. you know. Um, it's like high-end so, cliff bars and... <laughs> yeah, kind bars and stuff like that. So, you know, we reached out to like a bunch of different food companies directly and just was like, hey, would you be comfortable with sending us, you know, um, Asha Pops or these crazy lotus chips, you know, and things like that to decorate the set. So we had so much product placement, but also we had, you know, to really pay attention to the budget as as far as like, okay, so if we're getting this for product placement, this, this, and this can be, you know, paid for by the budget. These things are not able to get product placement. But it it was really, we needed it for Pied Piper because it was just such a massive set. Because you had already done a massive set for Pied Piper in season five, right? I mean, it's like every yeah. every season they got this new massive odd, like office. I know the story kept growing. So in season five, 
I think we had 65 Veridesks. Yeah. And then by the time season six came, you know, at the end of season five, obviously, it was this massive warehouse. So by the time season six came, it was up to, to you know, 260, 300 odd desks. And, <laughs> you know, um, every single bit of detail we discussed, had meetings about, every single piece of art was custom made. Um, you know, custom, we custom made all the banquettes, all the fabric we picked out. Um, you know, it just was, we did a lot of research, obviously, and then would take elements from cer certain reference photos. And it was really magical. Yeah. Like the banquette in the tech kitchen, um, you know, it, we had the back upholstered and it was, you know, just beautiful plywood. And, and we would do all these different tricks, like, for instance, the tables obviously were custom made in the, in the tech kitchen, but then the table bases were just black. So I had seen um, in a reference photo that this one tech office had dipped the mm. table bases like half white. So we had them all painted half, half white and then we had all of the stools painted green, you know, except for the, the part where you sit. So we took the furniture that we were buying and then we changed it. So it was really cool. But the part that we upholstered, I found this uh, fabric that we called Tech Picnic. And it reminded us yeah. of what was at Dropbox. And we literally barely had enough to do the upholstery. Like, it was so close. It was down to like two inches to yeah. upholster that with yeah. that Tech Picnic fabric. But I knew that that was it. And, it's a great, you know, it's a great like plaid, but uh, modern, like a modern yeah. pla blue plaid. It's like a giant tech picnic modern plaid in Dropbox style, <laughs> you know, Pied Piper style. So, um, now how long did you have? What was your lead time to do this massive set? Oh gosh, I think it was two months, but we ran into different things that had happened. Like basically it's a real building. Um, it was supposed to be Nike headquarters. I think it could even be or was, I, I can't really remember, but you know, it was just this big, empty, blank, white space. And mm -hmm. so, you know, a lot of things had to be built first. During that time, I spent, you know, doing the big buys and the product placement and really, you know, trying to hone in like the bones of it in every single section. And then, you know, by the time we got right to the end, you know, we really did a big push and and got it down. Like we sat at every single desk, like my set dressers yeah. and I, and thought, okay, who sits here? What do they do? What yeah. would they have? What kind of computer would they have? What kind of, what would they be drinking? What kind of mouse pad would they have? You know, are they left-handed? Are they right-handed? Where, where, like, <laughs> that's what I always think. Like not every mouse pad has to be on the, you know, the right side or, you know, like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Jordan Paul is our uh, technology gang boss. And so he's in charge of making sure every single USB plug and cord and computer is plugged in correctly because, you know, the people on Reddit and everything were like zooming in on like, oh, this computer's not plugged in, but it's working or, you know, so obviously that didn't happen to us, but we were, you know, very, very cautious of that to make sure that nobody could ever look at a piece of our technology and say that it wasn't, you know, something that we hadn't researched and plugged everything in and, you know, so. I think, I think too, because 
uh, on Veep, I, you, we were allowed to see cords and wires to make it more realistic. And I think yeah. that also helps our dressing because so many things have gone away. Like paperwork, like there's not a lot of paperwork. There's no paperwork. Like I'm looking at yeah. your set, like there's hardly any paperwork at all. And, you know, the big, you know, the the big parts of the computer are all gone. Everything's so streamlined that decorating wise you're like oh shit all right i got these like six elements for a desk now what now what do i do (laughs) i know there's no paper in the tech world and we had a couple copy machines in pied piper but that's it i mean there's no there's no paperwork and there's a lot of usbs you know and stuff like that hard drives but um you know fortunately for the tech world with the research we did they really decorate their set or their desks like they put little you know toys and they have wild things like taped to their monitors and they have all sorts of different chair back pads and like you know sweatshirts and like different tchotchkes that they put on their desks and they really get unique with it and then it also is based off of what they do for Pied Piper like are they more in the creative side are they gaming are they doing code are they more you know HR Like, so it's definitely was all based on what that person did for Pied Piper. And you have that one office that looks like a a total gamer office, which I don't know the character's name, but it has Gallo Grillo or Gallo Gallo Games. Gallo Games. Games. Yeah, Yeah, that was a location, um, I think it was down in Long Beach, but that was one of our first sets we did after Pied Piper, the big mondo massive pied piper uh for season six was done and that was really edgy like there were like you know easy cars in the middle of the you know bullpen and like you know very black and orange and red and stainless steel and glass and so the ceo of that galoo games um we custom built a um a liquid cooling computer for his like literally he would have had like top 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 of the line and you know we custom built a computer for him and then got this ridiculous ridiculously huge monitor that like curves his whole like yeah. length of his desk and that <laughs> was super fun are great. We, i mean it all you see the character just that's that desk dressing is fantastic yeah thank you there's actually it's glass, glass yeah. and then, like, the logo of the company is on it, and then all of his tchotchkes and, like, collectible gamer-type things are under the glass. And then he has stuff on top of the glass, and then the crazy monitor. But when we custom-built that that uh, cooling, you know, glass front uh, computer, we were joking because we, we were, like, trying to figure out what color, and we're like, oh, we got to do a blood red. And we were joking. We are like, oh, that's, like the blood of the set, set tech department making the <laughs> computer run like as if you know we had all put a drop of yeah. our blood into that to make it because blood it sweat was, and tears it was really funny but that that was really fun um again super bright colorful like don't hold back like if something's fluorescent green put it in there yeah. so no, it's really That's really cool but then so you go uh, it's the thing how quickly we can change up when we move from job to job. Yeah. And you go from like this high end tech, like sort of minimalist stuff. And then you do like 
did to me, which is like beautiful homes and like, <laughs> yeah. it's a total I know. change. <laughs> well, funny when people like think of a set decorator, they're like, oh, you're like an interior decorator. And then they, which we are, but then they forget about, oh, you're also doing it all based on a character, yeah. which I guess an interior decorator is thinking as their client as a character. I know. Sorry. You know, I do that when I am interior decorating. And then, you know, but we also have to decorate everything else that like, not just beautiful living rooms and bedrooms, like it has to be true to the story. And so that to me is just like, obviously a complete shift from tech offices. And, you know, we really did a deep dive on research as far as like what homes look like in Laguna. We went to open houses down there, Laguna Beach, um, did a lot of research on Zillow and, you know, different real estate magazines, because obviously Jen Harding's character is a real estate agent. And what her character, you know, would have as far as a house and having gone through what she's gone through, having two boys, which, you know, we both know about, and then being a real estate agent, you know, and what yeah. she's trying to portray in her life and for clients. So, it, you know, very beach-like, like, but that high-end white contrast, you know, the lighting, I chose a lot of dark lighting, reflective lighting, um, but a lot of beach yeah. colors. So, but modern ones. It's, it's great because um, I love to use like Zillow or Airbnb as yeah. reference of like, first of all, you can't believe that people are actually asking for money for some of the places. That, I know, like, I know. But you're like, wait, you didn't, is that, did you even put new sheets on the bed and you're asking like 150 a night? And you're like, but this is great yeah. research for, you know, Kentucky or wherever, wherever I'm researching and yeah. everything. It's so, it's such a great little resource of finding the the vernacular of, of some little towns. It's great. I know. I, I absolutely love looking at Zillow and Redfin <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like you said, Airbnb. And we actually like going back to season five, Silicon Valley, we toured Airbnb in oh, San wow. Francisco. And I, w I was thinking to myself, what are all these people doing? Right. Like, isn't Airbnb all based off of? Yeah. What are they doing? Just, I don't just know. like, but they had their website? own bar. They had their own kombucha. They had a red kombucha made out of like goji berries and something else, like croissants or something that was um, like a Red Bull, but it was called a Red Airbnb. Oh <laughs> and it was like kombucha. And you could just walk up to like, there were taps all over the, the tech office. It was huge. It was like, massive 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 well they're not gonna and have that now there's no community coffee now no there's i know no <laughs> i know but it was like oh i probably drank like three of them and then like my face turned all red because it was like the strongest like kombucha i'd ever had you know but they had like chefs and just like they'd have like michelin chefs like guest star on fridays for the, the i'm like wow this is incredible but they they had done this massive green wall when you first walked in and we had kind of pushed that forward in the season six and Rich and Jackie had done a green wall with a big neon of Pied Piper for the second story. But yeah, it's, I love, I love traveling, but I love going on Airbnb to look and that is how we got to where we got for Dead to Me. You know, mm -hmm. we really 
threw ourselves into Laguna Beach and and the type of houses that are there for sale, what the vibe is, you know, and she her character keeps things very clean and but yet there's still layers sprinkled in there of the yeah. two boys and her stuff, you know, that you know, she's Life. still has little things in there that not too not too neurotic no. <laughs> so. No, hey man i'd live there that's all i know i'd live there yeah that's a beautiful house Kim, it, it has been wild like ever since uh season two came out hundreds of fans have found my email and have mm-hmm. been emailing me asking hey uh you know we love the show oh my god like could you please tell me where the sofa is from, from Jen's living room? Like I've been looking for a sofa for 10 years. Like this is the one I saw. I I knew right away. Like, do you mind sending me where it's from? Hey, Brandy, you know, we love the sheets on Jen's bed. Like, where are those from? Like, I want to buy those right now. Or where are these bedside tables from? Or where's the rug from? Or where's the, you know, it just literally hundreds. Like it's great. It's super cool. And I've been answering everyone. I do like 12 to 20 people a day and you know I just go back through my notes and be like oh that you know the sofas from Lamps Plus I think 20 people have bought the Lamps Plus sofa that <laughs> I got for I, I, I'm not even kidding I like, I get emails about different things and uh, what's the paint color on you know good place and uh, even like yeah. what's the font but um I feel like the most consistent thing I've been asked for over the years is like, where did you get that blanket on Brennan's sofa, like in her office on Bones? And I'm like, hey, man, that was 10 years ago or 12 years. Like, that's you're not getting that. It was a bed bath. Like, you're not getting that now. Sorry. (laughs) I I know. There was something one of the fans asked recently, and I was like, oh, God, I don't think they have it anymore. I think it was the bedside tables. They were from living spaces, and it was just one of those impulsive moments. Like, I, I saw them. I was like, there there they are. Okay, because when I'm out, you know, like, running around and the buyers are running around, and I have in my head, like, after doing all of the research and everything and having all the meetings and talking to the production designer, like, I, I, I go out in the world or – you know, the buyers do and they start showing me photos and then I just, the minute I see it, I know it and that's it. And then yeah. the ball kind of starts rolling and that's how, what happened with those bedside tables. And I'm pretty sure they were on clearance at living spaces. I am kind so. of the same way of like being very decisive when I see something like, all right, done, check. I'm done. That was it. I like it. Yeah. I'm not going to think about it again. Because, <laughs> and, and I get stuck sometimes when I, when I do rethink things and I'm like, no, you already found it you found it it's done like that's yeah. good that's perfect you your instinct was there just go with it yeah that's basically the same you know once I see it I'm like there it is boom if it's a big piece it helps like get the ball rolling for the rest of the set sometimes it's like a lamp and yeah. then everything else kind of happens around it yeah but it will happen either through the buyers you know showing me photos of what they've seen through direction of you know hey go here go there or by something I see online or by something I see in person. Mm-hmm. So it's, but the response to Dead to Me has just been incredible. And I'm just so honored that the fans even reach out and ask these questions. And I'm definitely going to respond to everybody because, you know, I just, 
that's why we do this. Yeah, you know? no, and no, people, like it's, it's nice when people take an interest in, I, it's almost like decorating from afar, like you're helping them out, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been an honor, you know, doing Dead to Me 2, season two was, you know, great. You know, we, we put the house back together and we had a lot of new sets, but just, with quarantine and everything, you know, it's like it kind of came out in the middle of this and so many that's people perfect. were that's... excited to see something new, yeah. you know, and I zipped right through it. Cool. I think it took me like a weekend. I zipped through it. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Even when I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Even though I know what's happening, yeah. like I enjoy watching it. So that, you know, and of course, like while I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, thinking of different things that had happened that day or, yeah. oh my God, you I could have your whole life over more. Like, oh, I remember that day. I remember that set. Like, oh, that was an early wake up or, God, I remember that yeah. chair didn't show up or. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing. Like it's, you know, every day is steeped in something that happened or, you know, some big moment. And when you're watching that, you, you know, people don't realize there's a whole crew of people with families and everything that are making that happen and Emily Schaefer who is my one of my buyers at Julie Mo Quinn's another one of my buyers wonderful talented artist hummingbirds I mean they literally can find anything (laughs) and um so Emily and I you know had we've been working together for a long time and we had you know really talked about doing um a contemporary art rental prop house basically um because we obviously there are wonderful vendors out there and we use them tons and we're going to continue to use them tons but we were not finding the art that we were always looking for um hence season six silicon valley i had to to custom make all the art i mean it's hard to replenish too and you know some prop houses have fantastic pieces and it's hard to replenish when you don't have the room and then like say they get rid of a piece and you're like man I wish you still had those pieces because I need a hospital yeah. room set or you know it's hard it's very hard to curate prop houses yeah so we've been working on it for quite a while and then about let's see I've been in a time warp with this quarantine but <laughs> I would say like a good solid six to eight months ago, like we had been working on like everything to get it to the point to then make it into, you know, reality, like a three-dimensional real place. So then, you know, obviously we were working as well, which, you know, so we took no days off, like, you know, the Kanye West thing, like (laughs) going to take no days off till my spaceship takes off. Like we just took no days off and just pushed through and, had been collecting pieces, you know, obviously this is something Emily and I have paid for and done on our own. So there's that risk there. And we just talked about it a lot and really planned as much as we could. Um, We started looking for spaces and we ended up landing on the place that we have now at the brewery uh, artist lofts downtown it's it's more fantastic. of a commercial space that's like right in the front on main street i love the brewery yeah. i've gone there so many times to um purchase artwork from from independent artists and yeah they have that um like artist walk i think twice oh, a gosh. year 
It's the best. I know. I love it. I know. It's the best. And they got the food trucks. And well, Emily also resides there. So, um, you know, she knows tons of artists as well. And, but just doing Silicon Valley season six, and then obviously that to me, um, and, and Silicon season five, but you know, for that big Pied Piper office, I commissioned all those pieces and, you know, just met so many artists and, there's a whole nother slew of things that goes into that. It's not as simple as just, oh, I like this person's art. I'm going to call them and buy some, you know, mm-hmm. there's clearance, there's legal stuff. There's, so we had to really learn about all that stuff as deeply as possible and make sure that everything was done, you know, correctly and then find a space. And once we found the space, like our whole family came out over Christmas and worked around the clock literally like from seven in the morning until like nine at night redoing the space at the brewery like we tore out the bathroom put in a new bathroom like painted everything just cleaned every i mean really really reinforced stuff and cosmetically fixed things and and then we moved everything in and you know we we got a lot of help from our family and our friends and you know, we had walls built. Um, That's so nice. By, yeah, by, uh, you know, construction. Uh, they So many people have helped us. And, you know, obviously, we're just so grateful. Um, and then we opened uh, three and a half weeks, three weeks before the, the shutdown. I think it was like second week of February. We had many accounts like open <laughs> at that point. I believe you were one of them even. And then that Friday, the 13th on March, we had orders going out. Like, you know, we had rented some stuff, but literally had just opened. So, you know, we, we don't know what, you know, when the world is going to be back to the way it was prior, but we're definitely not going to quit. And it's, it's like a treasure trove of art, like, as a decorator, I, every time I go there, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this stuff is amazing. <laughs> like, I can't wait for everybody to rent this, you know, because every single piece Emily and I picked out and then we framed it with non-reflective plexi and we picked out the frames and nothing was done hastily. Like, we were very, you know, passionate and, you know, would this piece rent? Where would this piece go? Would right. it go in a commercial? Would it go in a you know, modern love. So odd, like, and really tried to pick um, pieces that were versatile. Do you, and, and that's one of the things that I feel like, oh, I give up because you're like, okay. And because there's certain prop houses where, you know, you can go to get, like I was saying, like hospital rooms or, and that's a different sure. kind of artwork than that's going to go into uh, Huli. You know what I mean? Like, yes. and the framing has to be different. And sometimes you find the right print and you ask, like, can we reframe this? And I mean, did you say to yourselves, all right, we're going to, we're going to start with modern art and we're going to go like this. And then maybe we branch out. Or did you say like, I want to do pieces of, of every sort of sets? Like, I, any I set. definitely because we are a contemporary art rental gallery, mm-hmm. um, we, as of right now, I mean, the future, who knows, but like, we are contemporary art. So okay. that was the thing that I felt was lacking. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, there's, you know, wear and tear and all that stuff. But as of right now, there are literally like a zillion pieces of art and custom pillows and some furniture and decor just sitting there waiting 
to be rented. Um, and, you know, so, so as of now, we are continually making and collecting contemporary art. So, you know, that's, that's our focus as, as of right now. And we, you know, we have some lighting too. Like we have like, you know, 30 different cartel lights, the battery operated ones that are like impossible to get from Italy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. DPs love them and they're beautiful and you can just put them on a table in a nice restaurant and hit a button and boom, you know, like, so there's certain things that I just knew I could never find at the prop houses. So smart. So smart. We got, so, you know, but it's, yeah, it's just been, you know, really, really cool. I love art. I love helping artists. Um, a perfect example of how art can really make a set is dead to me. You know, the big blue painting mm-hmm, in Jen's maybe. room, yeah. that artist, uh, she called me like last week and said, she's basically sold out her whole that's gallery. Fantastic. And oh that God, makes fantastic. me like, that's like one of the best parts of being a decorator. Like, cause it's just like, this is amazing. Like so many people also have wrote me regarding the blue painting and it's actually called Lucky Charms. So, <laughs> but she's, yeah, she also, she's, you know, she's sold a ton of paintings that are the dead to me paintings and it's just really cool. Um, I really salute you for like taking that under because number one, it's a resource that I need. So I thank you for that. But also, yeah. I know how hard that splitting your time, uh, plus your mother, I mean, split, you know, just divvying up your time to this and the passion you yeah. must have to, to, you know, make this come true. I mean, I really commend you for that. It's a huge job. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I watched before the uh was not this last Emmys, but the Emmys prior when we were both nominated. Um, and I believe you won that year. Mm. That was amazing. Um, or maybe it was the year prior that you won. And then, oh God, I can't remember, but I just know we were both there. And um, I was like really nervous before we were at the hotel and my husband put on Joe Rogan and Elon Musk was being interviewed. And he talked about time management and like how you allocate your time like to do, you know, he was like, dude, how do you do SpaceX? And how do you do, you know, the boring company? And how do you do Tesla? And I just, I remember watching that before we went into the Emmys <laughs> and thinking, if he can do all those things, not that I'm comparing myself to Elon Musk, hey, but you know what I mean? You are. I can open we this are. prop house. Yeah. Be a mother, be a wife, you know, and be a set decorator and be good at all of them. Because, you know, so that was something that, I really listened to, you know, and I was like, okay. So, you know, it's been like it now when I go down to studio arts, I'm like, I'm so proud. I'm like, I can't believe that we have done this. Although now there's a pandemic, but I, we're not, you know, going to quit or anything. Like if anything, you know, the sky's the limit with that. So, and I think too, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be overflowed with, with people coming in once we get back up. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's going to be so, I think it's going to be so busy. I do too. And the cool thing about, you know, that we're, you know, obviously not the size of like a Moderna or anything yet, but, um, you know, we're, we have a lot of stuff and we can sanitize everything, you know, and the doors like boom right there and you can just load everything out. And we have our, process, you know, um, 
that we're going to have, you know, to make sure everything's safe. And we have a manager there, John, and, you know, he's been very helpful. So we have full-time person and, you know, everything's barcoded and everything's on the website, you know, so yeah, it's yeah. like we it's work. So that work. was, that was a lot. Like a lot of people don't think about that. Oh my God, like it's we so really, much work. really re- deeply, deeply, deeply wanted to make it as simple as possible for the set decorators and buyers and set dressers. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited. happy for you. <laughs> so happy for you. That's so, it's so, it's such a huge undertaking. So I'm so happy that it's, it it just said a little bit of a startup and then like boom yeah. you're gonna have a big startup don't worry <laughs> I hope so yeah. but yeah I'm I'm excited for the future I know it's going to be a big log jam of you know work hopefully and I just I can't believe that our entire IATSE union is not working right now yeah. but I have faith I mean the people and our unions are like the hardest working people in the world and I feel like they kind of if you want to work in Hollywood like people kind of gravitate here and then they give it a try and if they have that work ethic yeah it's sink or swim really it really it really is although a lot of people fail up There's super yeah, swim, and then there's like with anyone that fails up. But oh, I've just... met I've met plenty of people who fail up in this business, and you're like, "How are you in charge of this? Or how did you sure. get? Who did you blow? Or who did you? Who do you know? Oh, who God. did you blow to get this position? And it's it's few, but when you run into someone like that, you're like, "Whoa, how did this happen? How does I feel like that's being weeded out, like." You know, I do too. there's the old Hollywood. I think you it's know, fewer. Like yeah, I do. But I it's think. being weeded out. Like, and also there's no more like yellers or mean people like as much <laughs> anymore. Like, I feel like back in the old yeah. times, like everyone would say, oh, that director, he screams at everyone or whatever. Like, yeah. I feel like, like the world is becoming more well, caring. That's because I know you, that sounds crazy and Hollywood is them. too. And, and they're like... <laughs> You can, like, if you're just positive with someone, even if they make a mistake and you just kind of own what you're doing, even if you don't know, you have, you know, like, I feel like people are more, they'll work so hard for you, you know, and I'll work so hard for them if if everyone's just treated with respect and, you know, the work ethic's already there because you're working in Hollywood, but, you know, I... I think you're right, but I think you're onto something in the sense of, like, how maybe an older generation was yelled at and beat where we were told like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. And then we just broke down or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a Habsy. I think you are too. Like yeah. I was raised up in this industry, like, and the more like hardcore. Yeah. Oh, you know, I had like, yellers. I have yellow. I, people made me cry. Like, yeah, I've, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. There's no crying in baseball. No. That's what Weston used to say. I, I mean, literally like, you know, and now like I see the younger people coming, I'm like, okay, like we got hashtag me too now, you know, like things are going to be a little better for them. I hope, you know, I'm... like where back in the day you're on a music video, you know, like I, one time <laughs> I was asked to be, I won't say the music video. I've heard, I've heard people, I've heard people in music videos used to get paid in blow. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I will never forget, like, this one cam, or no, uh, video girl or whatever didn't show up, and they were like, you need to get in this lingerie right now and get in the bed and be in this music video, and I was like, I am the set decorator, I'm yeah. not gonna do that, not... like, and they were like, no, baby girl, you need, and I'm like, no, I'm not kidding, good for but, you, 
yeah, it's, I mean, you know, that's, that's back when, you know, things were, I was younger, you know, and I had a baby back then. Girl, they'd like, ask you to do that now. Baby, you're hot. Like you. <laughs> they'd, you, ask you they'd ask you to do that now. You're hot. I, I well. You could still be in a music sweet. video. Still get in lingerie and get a music video. Okay. <laughs> they put that um, on your plate. That, there's your next challenge. Music yeah, video. Awesome. But yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, back when. I was doing music videos and stuff like I literally would just like bring Odell to the parking lot of the production office and have his babysitter, you know, one of my friends come meet me and just hand him over for the day and then work all day and then go pick him back up, you know, and thankfully, you know, we have gaps. Yeah, yeah, we do now. I mean, and then I'd have, you know, time off, but do you, know, you do you think our position uh, is going to change radically for the next couple months? Yeah, I think we'll probably see a lot of working at home just to like gear back up. And then, you know, obviously we have to be so careful. Like, you know, my lead man and I have talked about it so much. Like, yeah. how are we going to do this? Like, and how can we keep everybody safe? You know, your core 10 people, your core eight people. And it's going to be interesting. Like everybody has ideas. I've seen a thousand guidelines on all of the forums, um, you know, but I'm going to stick to, you know, when we do get back to work, the guideline of the people that I'm working with and the studio that I'm at at that moment, you know, and just be really respectful to, you know, naturally to, to the whole process. And, you know, we're going to learn as we go. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think that's I what it's going to be. Care about the vendors. I care about my crew. I care about you know everybody, and I just want to make sure that I mean, uh, hopefully they'll give us enough time to make these beautiful sets where before we were more squeezed for time, and then sanitize it, and then they can shoot it, you know, and then we can maybe go in, you know, levels, I guess. Mm. But I don't. I don't. I think I don't that's probably what's going to have to be in p- less locations or no locations at all until you know we get and then I think we're going to be screwed <laughs> at least for me I think it's going to be like oh you were on stage for three months well now we have you know 600 locations to shoot for like the next three months so yeah I, I mean I hope that there's a massive rewrite going on on my show that I, we won't have to do that. And I think that will sure. happen on a lot of shows that you just have to take your set ca- count down, unfortunately, just for a little bit, people. <laughs> but I think you have to for safety wise and to keep control of, you know, variables that are uncontrollable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this this works because, you know, I just think about like, people that are going to be on the trucks or are they going to follow a truck in their own car and then where do they park like imagine going to warner brothers and having four set dressers follow a five ton in their their own cars and you know it just it's going to be interesting and then also like as far as providing options you know like for instance um i i've done i've worked with a client over this break to help him you know get furniture for his house um and it's taken two and a half months for him to get drapery from Crate and Barrel, you know? So it's just, just because it's run, you know, like certain things have happened where, you know, their shipping warehouses are down. And I'm curious how that, I think it's going to be a lot of prop houses because they're, 
they're a sure thing and they're going to be open and the pieces are going to be there, you know, rather than having to order something and take that risk that it might not show up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, that poses other problems too, because, you know, then our dressers are going in and out of prop houses. I mean, I guess I just wish there was a way that, you know, we all could have like swab tests that were instant, you know, and then we could all just do one every day and then know, you know, okay, you're good. All right, go do your thing, you know, and just be safe. But then what I keep thinking of is, okay, so say your lead man has a temperature in the morning. Well, then what? Then you don't have a lead man for the day or like, I I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, we all work through a lot and get shit done when probably we should stay home a lot of times, especially decorators. Um, and we keep our distance and we, we do what we got to do. But if there's like this mandate of like, hey, you got a 99 temperature. Well, then how like or what if it's our buyers? Like, I don't know. Or it's oh, me. Gosh. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they how do you regulate that? I don't know. It's really scary. I guess just <laughs> communication and being honest, you know, like if that happens then I have to communicate, we have to communicate. Hey, guys, I'm down a buyer today. So if the amount of options, I might not have as much. I don't know. You know, that's something I actually hadn't really thought about. Um, But, you know, we're all just, you know, our core team of people, we're all just going to have to really work together by not being together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like if something, you know, lead man had a temperature, God forbid, then the gang boss would have to step up for the day or... You know, and and then there's the question of like, oh, well, it's got to be less people, well, or or more people, but just not people that are going to be coming into the office, or yeah. you know, like more people working because it's going to take longer because there's a line to get into Target. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? well, oh, I know the whole like sending people to shop now. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good because. I mean, not, I don't, I feel like the lines have gone down, at least food shopping wise. I haven't obviously been to like store. Well, I've been to Target. I've been to Target, but, um, and there's lines and then you have to, like, it already takes a long time to go to the store and then get all your shit and load your car and come back to the lot. Like, and wipe everything down after. I don't (laughs) even know. I don't know. So it might (laughs) take more people. I don't know. You know, so I, again, I think it's going to be like, learning as we go and communicating and trust and just really saying, Hey, so today we had five pickups. There was no appointment available at this one vendor because they were so booked. So now those pickups will not be available till tomorrow, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And then just communicating and, and kind of work like maybe instead of saying like set has to be done by this day, it's like the set, needs to be done by this day, but there's like a wheat cushion in there or something. I don't know. You know, oh, yeah. that's just a thought to, to try and get it done. But I, I know that the people in our industry and especially in set decoration and the art department are some of the hardest, most talented, smart people on earth. So I know we can figure yeah, it out and do it safely, Yeah, you know? So there's, you know, and once things start happening and people become more trusting of the process and hopefully we get to the point where there's testing and, you know, I guess a vaccine. 
we'll see. Um, imagine what we're going to be talking about a year from now to today, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's, we're going to be in a year from now, we're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe we went through that. During, so. uh, during all this time off, have you watched anything, uh, that's uh, been inspiring or really good? Um, it's funny. Like I have been watching a lot of YouTube stuff, like the sun's so corny, but I've been watching this YouTube star, um, her name is Laziki. I hope I'm spelled, I hope I'm saying it correctly, but she is like a rural farmer in uh, China. <laughs> and she is literally one of YouTube's like biggest stars, like I guess, or, you know, like most followers, but I kind of stumbled across her and there's no talking or anything. There's just like music and it's these beautiful shots of like her farming and making, you know, growing cotton and then hand making a mattress or like, you know, embroidering this beautiful like silk you know traditional embroidery or making tofu or soybean paste or dried persimmons you know like oh my god so i i've been watching that i've watched like 50 of those she's a and doer every night i put them on and i just zone out and it's it's because we did a garden uh the kids and i um over this quarantine and you know it's just funny like that's kind of how I stumbled across it and then as far as like inspiring and I know I know what you mean as far as like sets but I've been watching a lot of documentaries and you know I watched um The Last Dance for oh, oh my god you know, Michael Jordan I can't stop talking about it I might rewatch it I love so it. I that's what I'm inspired yes yeah about like when I watched that I was like talk about Elon Musk I was like oh my gosh like he literally his attitude was like I'm going to win and I'm going to show you guys like yeah. not that that you know but it's like he just I didn't I knew that about Jordan but I didn't I've I've never seen someone like Tom Brady obviously that's another person that had that mentality and obviously Kobe as well but like Jordan was just you know, they doubted him. They were like, oh, you're only six foot six. Like, that, but he, he oh. so, so inspiring. So and many, so many things that he had to go through of like, just the team, the inner, the, like, just the inner drama Didn't of that team. Of, I mean, it's crazy. Like the crew. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's like what it's like. A basketball team is like a sunset crew. Yeah. You know, it's like you guys are all relying on each other. We got to get this. We have to win. You know, we got, we like so when I was watching that, I was like, oh, my God, he's just like obstacle after obstacle. Like, this is what it's like to be a sunset crew. You know, yeah. obviously not. But there is that I was talking about this, too. There there's that one scene where I think it's 97 when they win the championship and he's in the locker room just moaning crying. and like crying yeah. and wailing and i broke down like oh my god i've been there good or yeah. bad like i don't it's not a good or a bad cry but i you've been there of like the release and it was the like, release yeah oh i it I, was amazing i know so amazing. i i was like Holy crap. I just, I had no idea. I was super young when, I mean, I think I was in like junior high and my dad took me to a Pistons game before the Bulls reign. And so like for me, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay. Like I get this why my dad yeah. had taken me down to Detroit to, cause I'm from, I'm from Northern Michigan. And so, and I remember prior to Rodman going to the Bulls and everything, going to these games. And I, at one point, I somehow ended up on the court after the game and had 
Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman and John Sally. And I have this like program still. It's in, it's in one of my built-ins that has all their autographs oh, on that's it. Oh, that's like, fantastic. But, um, but that, that more than anything, like that kind of stuff has been what I've been watching, you know, and obviously yeah. dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> watch that. But, you know, I've just, um, you know, I love that stuff. And I've been watching like older things too, like Gremlins. Yeah. And like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, you know, like just weird stuff like that, like Overboard. Oh, so I love I could movie. watch Overboard a million times. I yeah, Double Wars Prada, like just stuff yeah. like that if it comes on. But I want to watch Bombshell. It's good. I, 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 yeah, I'm sure. Like, Ellen's amazing. And, you know, I just, I want to see that. And I actually thought story-wise, the the Showtime um, Russell Crowe was better. But I liked, I liked Bombshell. It was good. See, isn't she cool? I really like that she tried to just glaze over that she was dating the guy from Corn. I mean, what luck that was to just be handed a credit card. But like I said, I mean, it's not really luck because it's really talent and timing. Because if she had sucked at it and blew it, they wouldn't have given her another job or they wouldn't have recommended her. So she has the talent. It was it was talent and timing. Uh, again, sorry about the gardener. I tried to edit that out. Uh, I hope I hope it wasn't too bad. Um, but soon enough, hopefully, I'll have a quiet little office and get back to interviewing and then. Again, the prop house that uh, Brandy is opening is called Studio Arts, and it's studioartsllc.com. You can check that out. You can also check out Brandy's website at brandykalish.com. I really like I really like her website. Thank you to Brandy, and fingers crossed for that last season of Silicon Valley with an Emmy nod. If you are a voting member, voting for the first round starts July 2nd to the 13th. So, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, yes, actually I do. I do have a show eligible for um, Emmy voting this year. It is the final season of The Good Place. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so funny you ask. I do, I do have a show that's uh, contending. Uh, in fact, in two weeks, you will hear myself and the production designer, Ian Phillips, the art director, Adam Rao, the prop master, Gabe Perillo, and graphics designer, Graham Radcliffe, talk about our episode that we submitted, the finale. We talk about every set, we watched it together, and there may have been some tears, but a lot of good memories. Um, it's a good podcast. It's like a little family getting together and uh, reminiscing. It's 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 good. Um, next week, I also have Brian Stone Street, who has been nominated for prior uh, Emmy Awards for his design on the Grammys and Golden Globes and more. I mean, that guy, man, the talent he has seen and has designed sets for is, it blows my mind. It, when I was interviewing him, I couldn't even grasp how many artists he have seen like doing the grammys for years my god it's, it's incredible um and then in, i also have coming up set decorator don Deers, who has been nominated for his work on the muppets and we'll talk about his current series on showtime kidding which is also eligible for emmys so i have some great interviews to help make your decisions 
You know, just checking those little boxes. That's me. I'm here to help. Click, click. Speaking of clicking, did you review the podcast yet? Did you write a review yet? I can't... I don't know. Maybe you should. Maybe you should just go scroll down to the bottom of this uh, iTunes page and it's there. Write a review. Just click, click, four or five stars. Five, five, maybe five stars. That would be great. I'd really appreciate it. I'm Kim Wanup. I hope you got an earful. What are you floating on this summer? I hope it's a stogie floaty. Stogie floaty luxury pool floats. Available now on Amazon, Etsy, and stogiefloaty.com. <laughs>